Tune in to Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson. Who is Regina Johnson? Regina Johnson. Author, pastor, motivational speaker, and life coach. Regina is inspirational, motivating others to live out their purpose. Regina is passionate, tenacious, and relentless about helping others fulfill their destiny. Her goal is to bring a refreshing to someone's life. Join us every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Dial in to share your heart with Regina at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. And remember that Regina says... We all know you really haven't failed until you stop trying. I want to be to people what others have been to me. And so that's, that's really the purpose of Refresh. It's the end of the day for people to feel refreshed. So call in at 657-383-0309. That's 657-383-0309. You'll be blessed by her wisdom, strategies, and encouragement. That's Refresh Radio with Regina Johnson on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good evening. I'd like to welcome you to Refresh. You're listening to Regina Johnson, your host. Um, I Before I go any further, I'd like to take a quick t- uh, moment to give a shout-out to my girl, Princess Cooper, and to all the hosts that are with NHISG. Um, I hope that uh, you are having an incredible Sunday and that your shows are, are uh, have gone uh, incredibly. Today... Um, I'd like to also invite you to join me on Instagram, on Twitter at Journey Strong, uh, and also on Facebook so that you can keep up with what's going on uh, with me, uh, the host of Refresh. Last week, we had an opportunity to discuss moving forward, and this week, I would like to, I would like to, I would like um to um, discuss, in order for us to move forward, there are just some things that we need to get past. And uh, today, I'm fortunate enough, I mean, just right in the nick of time, uh, not only a friend, but an incredible counseling team, but one, one part of that team is going to join me, uh, join me today. We have been in about a three-week-long journey thus far with a study that's dealing with um, many reasons why we cannot move forward. Uh, and one of the ones that really um, is, I think it, it really is the root of many, it is a place of forgiveness, unforgiveness. Uh, so I want to just welcome to the show today with me um, my friend and confidant and counselor, <laughs> Sherry Colbert. <laughs> How are you doing today, Sherry? I am really good, thank you. Well, thank you uh, for coming and um, and joining me today. Uh, I was just sharing um, with our listening audience that uh, we've been doing the study, uh, but I want you to first, before we go any further, could you just take a moment and just kind of uh, share not only who you are, but what you do and how long you've been involved in ministry like this? Uh, well, I have been 
doing inner healing prayer ministry for about 30 years. <clears throat> and my training came a long time ago through a ministry called Elijah House. The founder was John Sanford, very prophetic voice to the church. And uh, when I first learned those things from him, I just knew that God was going to have me carry this word to uh, more. And uh, I began to just meet with people in my home. And <clears throat> over the years, um, gained a lot of experience, but I still depend totally on the Holy Spirit for ministry when someone comes to visit with me. It's a, an amazing journey that I've had to get to partner with the Holy Spirit to uh, heal broken hearts and set captives free where they're blind. And <clears throat> it's been a total delight in the last few years. My husband has joined me, and so we, we both do marriage ministry and counseling of all types. One of the things that I really love about your ministry, and you just mentioned it, that you partner with uh, the Holy Spirit. I I uh, am a senior pastor, have been one for 17 years. I had a conference uh, that was coming up, I think it was last summer, uh, last June. I knew I wanted to go into it as, as close to problem-free. I don't mean like, you know, you're going to run into little hiccups you know, with planning and things like that. But I wanted my heart, head, you know, emotions just balanced out before I went into this conference. And someone uh, shared with me uh, your ministry and how it had helped them. So I purposed to go and see you before I did that conference. Uh, and, and they convinced me that I would truly be um, uh, delivered of something. It was like a guarantee. Get your money back. I mean, it was just like it was absolutely. It was incredible. And so um, I don't even know if I had heard you um, yet. No, I think I did. I went to. Uh, we both had the opportunity to minister at um, uh, a conference about maybe a couple of few weeks out before mine. And I, I decided that time that I was coming. And one of the places, well, one of the things um, before I went on this long rabbit trail where the reason why was that I wanted to, to meet with you was I watched you move and operate in the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. And then when I, uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and then when I came to you, that was what impressed me the most because honestly, um, for you to get to the root of multiple things um, that had really bothered me for years, and I didn't even realize that was it. The only way you could have gotten there in that short of time uh, was through the Holy Spirit. I remember at the end of our first session, I think I met with you for like an hour and a half. Um, yes. And it honestly felt like I had been in the room for 10 minutes. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember... I remember, Sherry, you saying, you know, well, you know, kind of wrapping it up. And I'm thinking to myself, this had been an hour and a half. We, <laughs> we need to keep going a little bit longer. <laughs> I just told this lady, you know, let's get it out. It was like, yeah, she's been yeah. an hour and a half. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, that's, it. that's incredible. When you partner, explain that because some of our listeners are, you know, they, they don't understand what you mean when you say partner with the Holy Spirit. Could you just kind of explain that a little bit more? Well, um, I I came to a place in my early 30s where someone introduced me to 
it's something more that I had never found in my spiritual walk, and it was the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I, I guess at that point, I learned um, that the only thing of value is going to come when I get out of the way and let Him use me or work through me. So I'm thankful I learned that a long time ago, and just over the years, I have just relaxed and said, God, unless you show up, nothing of lasting value will happen in this session. And I just totally uh, pray, bring my ways of thinking and my flesh to death so that my spirit can rule and that I can meet this individual heart to heart. Uh, so unless they encounter God, all the information, all the teaching I can do is not going to make a lasting change in somebody's life. I try to help them. Uh, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit helps me hear key words and uh, just, just really does guide me in the session to where he wants to go. And it's just a joy. Uh, it's just a joy to be part of watching what God does and you get to be part of it. I cannot say there's, there's no higher high for me than to watch him work and I get to be part of it. I, I love the fact that you said that he, he highlights uh, key words in, in Congress <laughs> In the sessions, because I I, uh, I remember um, I remember you 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 doing that, and I don't even have to go back to the counseling sessions. A couple of weeks ago, I was sharing how my father was an alcoholic, and I tell I will tell anyone um, that if I had the opportunity, my father has has since gone on to be with the Lord, and I say that with confidence. Um, but that if the Lord were reissuing fathers, I would want that same one back again. But um, we jokingly joke about things that he did. Uh, but in a sharing with it, I, I'll never forget you saying, you saying what, I, what I'm picking up on is that, you know, you have a, um, uh, a, a spirit of, of um, what did you say? It wasn't shame. It was. What was embarrassment. it? Embarrassment. <laughs> and uh and when you said that, I could see things that we do that would show evidence or bear witness that that, it, that that's true. Because honestly, yeah. I can watch a television show, Sherry, and if I feel like someone's going to be embarrassed. And I think you and I talked about this <laughs> on the phone. If I think it's an embarrassing situation, I will change the channel as if it's a real life <laughs> setting. <laughs> And, uh, well, and the, the, the type of counseling I do is we listen to the fruit in someone's life, uh-huh. and we ask the Holy Spirit to show us where is the root, where did that first happen, or where did that first get formed, that belief system or that lie, and you were sharing that um, you were embarrassed to have people come to your house, whereas normally I might have done some ministry with you about having a father who drank too much. Right. Um, when when I heard the word and I I was embarrassed, I keyed in on that. It's like the Holy Spirit said, "That's the root. That's what that's what I'm after right now." Is that she was embarrassed by her father and it wounded her, and now she's drawing or very sensitive to being embarrassed right. in a variety of ways. Right. And so we found the root by accident. <laughs> by yeah, we, definitely, we definitely did. And I thought what was normal really was a root to something else. Um, yes. And I was, yes. I was sharing with one of my relatives, I said, you have to come. And then a couple of people that I had invited that I felt was important, they were going to be effective parts of ministry that's moving forward, uh-huh. that they needed to come to the sessions. And the the wild thing about it, Sherry, was I was telling one lady, I said, now, look, 
I'm not 100%. We're just going to say, like, uh, maybe I'm around 70. She goes, and so I started telling her some things, like, how when um, people would come to my homes before, my everything that I had was very light. My walls are light. My carpet is light, you know. Um, and so I would make them take their shoes off <laughs> because I didn't want, you know, the carpet to get, you know, a certain way and the walls to be touched, and, which I think you should have some. You, you should want your home. It's a, it's a, it represents you. So you want it to look nice and all these things. But, um, you know, it was unrealistic because I was having small group in my, in my house for months. And so it was like putting people in bondage. But then another reason, if there was a stain or something where the carpet was getting dingy or the stairs were, were a little dingy from travel, you know, um, uh-huh. there was like a real embarrassment. Like I couldn't even get comfortable. But I'll never forget a good friend of both of ours. Um, the uh, uh, Rama uh, Hamir. He came to my home. I had a, a couch set that was in the sitting room, and it was very light, like almost white. Um, and so I traded it out to just, you know, kind of more like a tan. And so I was determined I'm going to keep everything just perfect, and I'm not going to mess it up. And I will never forget. Probably, I probably just purchased the the furniture maybe for a couple of days. And so uh-huh. he, he came in and Rama, he jumps right on the arm of the couch, like sitting, straddling it like a horse, feet in the couch. <laughs> I was mortified. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have to do What are you doing? <laughs> do you know how many people have to see this? I mean, how many people have to come over? How many people have to counsel here in my home? And, uh, and and really, it wasn't even about what he was doing. It was about all the people that have to come with him afterwards if everything wasn't perfectly in place. Yes. Giving, giving yeah. no room for ridicule or yeah. things not being perfect. And now it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's like, going, have your way, knock yourself out. So when I shared with my cousin, she said, you don't have to take your carpet. You don't have to take shoes off. I was like, girl, no. You don't have to take shoes off. You can eat. You can Whatever she's like, oh my goodness! I'm looking for seven, at least seventy percent. If I can get seventy percent from you know, girl, that class, it, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I joke with her and say seventy. Uh, I probably, but oh. seventy sounds like a really great place for me because if you'd asked me, I thought I was about like you know, I'm at ground zero here, not even knowing <laughs> it. Because if you had asked me, I would have. Lo- it looked to me. Like a lot of the T's were, were crossed and I's were dotted in my life until we started digging. And that was something else that I noticed, that when you pray, you would just start praying about things. Like, Regina, you don't have to, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to, I'll never forget that at your conference. I was like going, oh, my goodness, are you kidding me? I'm not here for this. I'm here to support you. I'm not here to heal. What are you doing? And, uh, well, you anyway. know, I think I can. I think that we get the ears of the spirit. You know, let let what is that scripture that says, "Let him who has ears hear what the spirit is saying to the church." Right. Well, that's kind of like the gift that I've been blessed with is that I hear you talk, but I hear, I hear, and More. I don't figure it out with my mind. I just hear roots. I just, I just hear through a different filter i guess and um hey, Sherry, it escalates Sherry, i don't mean to cut you off but can i come right back to you i need to take a commercial break 
and sure. come right back. Hey, guys, okay. thank you for listening. We take a quick break. You've been listening to Refresh. This is Regina Johnson, your host. Be back in a sec. Never Had It So Good 101.1 is proud to have talk radio on their platform. Like Pastor Regina Johnson, Refresh Radio, James Deshaies, Thoughts, Love, and Reflections, Daquan King, Revive Radio, Warren Sally with Man Cave Radio, Sky Wonders with Unmuted, Your Voice Matters, Wake Up Call Radio with Pastors Warren and Annie Sally, Peace Within Radio with Henry Washington, The Bible Has the Answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams, Dig Radio with Pastor Annetta Watson, Crazy Sports Mom with Doresa Anderson, Been There, Done That with Cindy Smith, Pave Your Way to Success with Rudy and Michelle Govan, Spiritually Reincarnated with Gilbert Sines, In Times Like These with Benita Coney, Sports Talk Atlanta with Matt D and Travis McGee, Sports Talk Carolina with Andre White and Nick Emerson, Sports Talk Money Podcast with Elliot Johnson, Power 803 with Reverend John Robinson, Totally Healed Radio with Angel Anderson, Bless This House Gospel House with Bishop Timothy Henderson, and It's a Way Out and a Way to Stay Out with Marlon Reed. I'm talking about absolutely the best talk show host in the country right here on Never Had It So Good 101.1, the world's radio station. Quick question, what is your kryptonite? You know, kryptonite, like from the Superman movie, little pieces of krypton that will fall to the earth and then Superman will come in contact with it. Kryptonite, okay. Small pieces of your past falling into your future, robbing you of your destiny. Kryptonite, what is yours? Is the person down the street you know so conveniently always is willing to remind you of who you used to be before you were redeemed? Or is it the memory of a place where you were broken when you were young? A bad marriage? Bad circumstances? I mean, I don't know. Today, I want you to identify what is your kryptonite. Don't you grab hold of it? You reduce it to nothingness. Because the season of living a defeated life is over. It's time for us to live unstoppable lives. To order Unstoppable You by Regina Johnson, go to Lulu.com, Google Books, and Amazon. Good evening. I want to welcome you back to Refresh. This is Regina Johnson, your host. If you are just tuning in, this is going to be an incredible show. We've already started with my special guest friend and confidant, um, as well as counselor, (laughs) uh, Sherry Tolbert. Uh, Sherry Tolbert and her husband, Ron, are phenomenal. They do a ministry that really gets to the heart issues of matters. It deals with things that hold us back. Last week, we were discussing moving forward and some of the things that block us. And uh, I was so fortunate to be able to get Sherry to be on the air with me today um, because 
we're in the process of my church actually is in the process. The leaders are in the process of transitioning into a new ministry, um, uh, a more effective ministry work. And one of the things that God has placed in my heart is that we have to really be the best us that we can possibly be. Of course, being led by the spirit of God uh, to help people come into a place to where we're all winning. Uh, and so I made a choice uh, almost a year ago to go to a couple of their sessions, counseling sessions. And I know like that's almost like taboo when you say, OK, pastor, going to be counseled. But aren't you led by God? And, and is the Bible, you know, enough. And, and the Bible is more than enough. But there are certain things that we need to know how to go after the things um, in the word that we can bring to an end. If you don't know the root issue, you're just kind of basically praying many times a miss, just shooting arrows in the air, hoping that you'll hit the target. But with Sherry and Ron's ministry, they help you to hone in on the places um, that, uh, um, that the Spirit of God many times highlights that we, we don't see ourselves. And so uh, I'm, I'm welcoming, welcoming Sherry back uh, from the break with me, we are discussing uh, uh, how she is sensitive to the Holy Spirit and how they get to the root. Sherry, um, I, I want to kind of jump right in um, to you talked with me. I was sharing uh, with a lady probably about a week ago. I'm constantly talking about your ministry. It is absolutely incredible, and I've seen it a move, and it works. It brings things to the surface. I was sharing with them about our the lady about how when you prayed trauma off of me um and how my body responded i will never forget that how how my body responded would you when people think of trauma they're thinking about like a car accident or death but they don't realize that things embarrassing moments create trauma or something that you would never consider or create trauma could you uh talk just briefly for a moment about how trauma slows your life process down. Sure. Well, <clears throat> trauma can be as simple as smoking your first cigarette because your body was never intended to have that nicotine. Or um, <clears throat> it can be a loss by death of a close friend or a relative. It can be uh, a bad diagnosis. It can be exposure to a chemical. It can be so wide. It can actually be trauma. You can have trauma, secondary trauma, from watching someone else have trauma. You can um, uh, just so, so many things. And trauma is usually stored in the cells of our body. So, for, for instance, if you're in a car accident and you're hit on the right side, every time thereafter, your body jerks when any car is on close to you on the right side. It's just an automatic response. There's an imprint in your cells that is reacting to a car too close on the right side. That usually people can understand, but they don't understand how other traumas are still playing out in their, in their physical body and in symptoms that they have. <clears throat> and through a study with uh, Sandra Selmer Kirsten, who is with Elijah House Ministries, she had had rapid success with traumas in her life where she just could not recover. And she drew away with the Lord for about seven years, actually, seeking healing because she couldn't. I mean, they were, they were severe trauma after trauma after trauma. And the result of that was uh, the Lord showed her that he actually 
wants to take the trauma from the cells of our body to the cross. When I first mm. heard that, I thought, really? How can that be possible? <laughs> but, you know, we, we believe that when we confess our sin, God takes that sin to the cross, that it's done. How do I believe that? I don't know. I just believe that. Well, he literally wants to take the trauma from the cells of our body through prayer. And she composed a prayer covering many areas of trauma. And uh, I use that prayer for almost every client because trauma literally can stop our growth. We can be locked up in a place where we were traumatized. And usually when I pray trauma off of someone, they're then able to take a more realistic look to what the root problem, where the hurt is, who they need to forgive, what really happened. Because trauma can put us into denial as well. And denial is one of the toughest places to get through to help someone heal. Is that, oh, it wasn't that bad, or oh, they didn't mean it, or, um, you know, sexual abuse, continual sexual abuse, a huge trauma. Again, there's all kinds of lies we begin to believe. Well, maybe I contributed, maybe I did something. We try to <clears throat> try to make it lighter on the person who hurt us. But trauma, when trauma happens, we usually believe something about ourselves or about someone else. And then that lie gets stuck. And later in life, we act out based on what we believed. Like, if I was sexually abused continually, I might believe that I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy, I'm no good, I'm bad. And then you live out your life from that lie in your heart, I'm bad. And people can tell you that God loves you unconditionally, but unless you get an encounter with Jesus in that place of pain, you'll, you'll continue to respond to life as if you were bad. You will actually draw abuse by your attitude. You deserve it. You, it just can be so crazy what gets entangled uh, and belief systems that get formed as a result of trauma. Wow. Well, this is, was a physical response. When you were praying for me, I'll never forget I was leaning forward. I think you were holding my hands, or my hands were in my lap. I think you were holding my hands, but I was leaning forward, like with my hands on my knees sitting on a chair. And when you began to pray, I remember my body automatically responding, and I sat back in the chair. You were still uh, praying, uh, holding my hands. So I, I, I just sat back, but I, my shoulders didn't come up or anything. You kept on praying. And my shoulders pulled up, and I could feel my body responding to the prayer as if someone was or something was literally getting off my back. You know, the yeah. weight of the burden of of trauma. Yes. The, and and yes. and clearly, it must have been. It, well, I don't have to say it must have been. I can go back over my life and find the big places that created trauma. But there's so many even little things and. And what I want you to understand, those that are listening, we're not looking for, I'm not looking for ways to give you excuses um, for poor behavior or, you know, the, you know, just not being accountable for our own actions or whatever. But there are honestly people that have been locked who are talented, gifted people who really, and I believe that there's value to everyone that is here on the earth, that God had, has and had purpose and plan for us destiny. He created us 
uh, after his own image. And so I, I believe that we're far more valuable than how we respond and what we believe about ourselves. And in uh, classes like this, uh, counseling sessions like these, um, they release that person to be. And I know that's, that's one of the things that, that I'm experiencing. One of the lies that the enemy has fought me with, and I believe that it was birthed out of trauma, was when my sister was killed uh, when I was uh, five years old. Uh, I just remember my life just dramatically changing. And there was, it was almost like somebody came in just white, uh, confidence off the table, white uh, joy away, white the peaceful. Well, someone would say, well, you were just grieving. But I was in that state, one part of that state, for from five until about 33 years old. And then the other things that followed that, it was like I couldn't find myself again. <clears throat> and part of the issue was we never discussed it. Um, you know, I wow. just, I remember hearing the things that people would say, like, um, you know, your sister, she's now an angel. Well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that you die and then become an angel. Uh, uh-huh. And um, that so that wasn't the case. And then the more I learned about, you know, the word of God, and then I'm like going, why would they even tell you that? It's not even true. They're just trying to make you feel better. But no one really right. addressing how you feel or felt. And what really happened? You're in a car. um, You walked away and your sister is dead. You were in a car. You walked away and your mother was paralyzed for a length of time, you know, from the waist down. You walked away and you could tell that it not only changed you, but it changed like the complete structure of your family. I mean, you go home when you're in a bad car accident and someone survived and you're the survivor and someone died. There's, you know, guilt and a feeling, you know, questioning, how, why did I survive? Um, How did I live through it? And they didn't. Why uh, did that happen? And so all sorts of questions that need to be answered. And um, I just believe that through that, as you were praying with me, just different belief systems concerning that uh, and other things that had happened just began to peel off. I would say, I would love to say they're all gone. But they're they're not all gone. But what is happening is I'm becoming clearer, my understanding. Yes, that's what happened. And uh-huh. uh, and I'm able to see and quickly respond. Now I'm in choices. Do I want this to affect me, or do I want to be free? So then I go after the root of whatever it is. And immediately when God shows it to me, I have a choice in that moment whether I want to embrace it or to walk free of it. And so I know trauma is a really, a really big thing. Even, I remember you saying even things as small as like, you know, you being teased when you were in school uh, as yes. a child. Sure. Yes. Bullying. Our kids are being bullied and that's trauma. And they're forming opinions about themselves as a result of that trauma. Wow. And they're believing things about themselves. And I just want to insert one thought too. There's so many things that happen in utero and at birth that are traumas that affect us for life unless we get healing. Could you share a few so, of those? One example is if you're if you're wanted as a boy and you're a little girl in the womb. Some of the fruit of that is oftentimes the little girl will try to be a tomboy or will be want to be the sex that mom and dad wanted. 
and I'm not saying that's the answer to all that's going on right now, but it is a, a, a proven fact that the baby hears things in the womb. The baby knows if they're wanted or not. They know they knows if they're wanted as their sex they are. And those those kind of things in the womb produce fruit. Uh, things can happen during birth. Maybe the cord was wrapped around the, the neck or uh, the baby was breached. Oftentimes, there's just so much that we can learn by learning about birth, the time in the womb and the birth. And so part of the trauma prayer is blessing the baby in the womb, blessing the time of birth, and calling the baby forth into their heavenly father's arms who wanted them from the beginning. There's just a tremendous healing of ministering even to the baby, the Holy Spirit transcending time and space and ministering to the baby in the womb. Now you're saying that it's incredible. The, uh, uh, and these, and we're speaking of these babies, these babies have been born. Some of these are adults that we're talking about, correct? Yes. yes. And so you're actually not just dealing with the adult person, but you're dealing with the part of them that was a child, where they were first broken. Am I correct? Yes, and I'm thinking of an example right now where a girl who suffered all her life with um, thinking that she was going to be responsible for someone dying. And to the place where she's been treated psychiatrically for a long time, we trace back to the womb. And do you know that she, her mother died when she was born because she was too big or something was the problem? The mother died for about a few seconds, and then they brought her back to life. Well, that baby, the fruit in that baby's life was that she was fearful of causing someone to die. If she did something wrong, her husband was going to die. Or, I mean, it was a paranoia based on what happened at birth. Now, someone would say, you know, a child in, in vitro would have no understanding, but it's bigger than just natural knowledge. It's a spiritual um, it thing is. that's taking yeah. place. It's happening in you from a spiritual perspective. Am I correct? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. And even, you know, even the birth process itself, things can happen and go wrong too. After, even after the pregnancy, the time of the birth, the baby's supposed to um, <clears throat> determine the time of birth. Well, we're so, uh, uh, what's the word I want? We can now when we want to have the baby and we go in for C-sections and we decide when the baby's going to come because it's convenient. Wow. Well, that causes problems because the baby is taken out of the womb and doesn't go through the birth canal. And sometimes those babies are very reluctant to change because they did not go through the normal process of going through the birth canal. Are you serious? They were taken out. Really? Yes, yes. So <laughs> I, I love to see that unveiled, the birth issues and the womb issues. I love to see that come to the light and God to heal those things. It is it is a lasting healing. Wow. Incredible. Sherry, we are at the place of another, uh, actually, um, uh, our, our commercial. <laughs> so we're going to have to take a quick break. Would you hang around just a little bit longer with me? And, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break for those of you that are listening, but we will be back in a few. You have been listening to Refresh. This is Regina Johnson, your host, Sherry Talbert. It's our special guest for today. We'll be right back. No, I'm not backing. I walk the line. 
did that. Prick with the fear, so I disappeared. And then dropped to the ground like a miscatch. But I, I'm done with that. You can tell them all that I'm done with that. No more backing down into the background. That's now because I put them old habits down. Uh-huh. I follow the leader. And where he may take me, may make me a leader. It's wrote on the wall. All you need to is read it. Can't be a lame duck in the door with the ego. So I'm crossing the line. Tell them all, dog, that I lost for my time. Ain't standing in this place because I got it when I race. And I'm running for a crime. Can't back it down. Nah. Thing I need is you, you. 
Good evening. I want to welcome you back to Refresh. This is Regina Johnson, your host. Um, if you have not been plugged in, you're plugged into the right place. Um, today we are discussing uh, various reasons that hold you back. Last week we were discussing moving forward, and today we are fortunate enough to have uh, my friend and counselor, <laughs> a confidant, um, Sherry Talbert, uh, here with us, who has in a phenomenal ministry. Sherry, are you here? Yes, I am. Yes, you are. And so before we start, we've been discussing trauma and uh, shame and all, all sorts of things. Um, but before we move much further, I want you to just share a little bit about uh, what you're doing and what's coming up so that they can get a little bit more than what they're getting today. And then we'll move on with unforgiveness. Sherry? Okay. Well, we uh, our ministry is called Heart Revival Ministries. We have a website, heartrevivalministries.com, and we have a Facebook page, Heart Revival Ministries. And I wanted to just let your listeners know that our passion is for people to find what God has purposed them to do. And we have a curriculum called Passion for Purpose, and it's an eight-week inner healing. It's an introduction. You can't do a whole lot in eight weeks, but we... We present some of the basic principles that we use with every client that the Lord allows us to minister to, and it'll be on a Facebook live group. And so if you like our Facebook page, you'll get information about that, and you'll know how to sign up and be part of that eight-week class. Okay, repeat the name of your ministry again so they can get that. Heart Revival Ministries. And we're in Houston, Texas. We see clients uh, here, but we also are available to do clients via Skype, um, so or phone, either one. Right. And we see people, we see women, men, or couples. Our, our specialty is marriages. We we're very passionate about saving marriages because that is just the foundation of the church. Um, but the principles that we use apply to any age and any situation. I was about to say that because you guys have counseled children. And, yes, we have. Uh, young uh-huh. teens, that uh, you have seen tremendous amount of success. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to go ahead and toot your, your horn for you. Um, you uh, have a uh, psychiatrist, is that correct, that refers patients to you or psychologists? That refers well, it's a psychiatrist. It's He's a psychiatrist in the Woodlands. In uh-huh. the Woodlands, Texas, who refers because your, your ministry work, um, your counseling is so profound, and you have such a great um, uh, uh, response, uh, or um, I, I'm, what is the word that I'm looking for? Um, I mean, people actually are, are, are delivered. <laughs> they yes, and, and it's, people will say to us that in a few sessions, they receive more healing than years of secular or even Christian counseling, and the reason is not us. Mm-hmm. The reason is we just use some spiritual laws from God's word that apply to relationships. And, you know, the Lord said he came to heal the brokenhearted. He knew we'd have broken hearts. He knew that we would sin against each other. And he knew that we would have to learn how to get whole again. Right. And One of um, the things that so, you, said, you said it, but, and I wasn't even going there, spiritual laws. 
I'm not, let's just say I'm not even a Christian, but these things are at work, right? That's right. So go ahead. Ignorance of, ignorance of a law doesn't mean the law doesn't work, right? Right. Like if you're driving down in a town and you're not aware of what the speed limit is, speed limit is if you're speeding, just because you didn't know doesn't mean that you're entitled to get off from a ticket. Um, That's right. You know, it, it's in place. You have to abide by it. Um, the rules are posted somewhere. And just because uh-huh. you didn't know where they were does not mean that you're innocent of breaking the law. Describe what spiritual laws are and how they can truly affect your life. Well, the laws of God are immutable and unchangeable, and He, the Bible is full of, well, if you do this, this will happen. <clears throat> and we highlight three laws that affect every relationship you have, and I'll just give you one really quick. It's uh, Galatians 6, 7 through 9, and it's, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. If he sows to his sinful nature, he'll reap destruction. If he sows to the Spirit, he'll reap knowing God or eternal life. So it doesn't matter if you don't know about that law. If you've broken the law, God says, you don't be deceived. He's not going to be mocked. He set this law in place for our good so that if we sow good seed, we reap a good crop. But we've unfortunately sowed a lot of negative seed to our sin nature, and it's reaping destruction in our life. But the good news is Jesus is eager to take the reaping of our sin nature or our mistakes. And it's just learning to appropriate that that sets people free. It's amazing. Wow. Uh, it, it's also kind of scary when you start thinking about it because we sell a lot of things. All the time. <laughs> and, and, not, and, not, and they are not good. But when you look back over you look back over your life, you can really see where it is. I remember before I knew about spiritual laws, but I did know about sowing and reaping, not knowing that they were laws. But I just knew, you know, you sow it, you reap it. And I remember yeah. in my 20s, uh, something that I did, and almost immediately I saw it. I saw it come back around for me uh-huh. and uh, play out in my life. And I will never forget the revelation that came with that. And I couldn't even be upset because I know I, I, I remember saying it to this very day. Wow, I, I can't even say anything. I did that. I, 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 I created this very moment that I'm standing in right now. Yes. I, I, yes. Did, I did that. I, I love movies. And uh, one of one of my favorite movies, I don't advise you to go and watch it, but it is a good movie. It's, it's, it's not a Christian movie. It's so good, though. It is um, the sword of, what is it? Oh, my goodness. I just went blank. Couldn't be in that great of a movie. Yeah, it is um, oh, the sword of... Uh, the legend. It's the legend of King Arthur, and um, okay. and so anyway, there's there's one one uh, scene in there where the lady is telling uh, the king that was in place um, that really killed his brother to take his place uh, to become king. She told him, she said, you know, basically you're blaming me for information getting out uh, that you're not, you know, you're you're this bad person, but really. The noose that is around your neck, you're the one that tied it. It's all yeah. it's already around your neck. You did this. Yeah. You did yeah. this. And so that's, that's how the laws of sowing and reaping. Um, it is uh, what we do. It's already there. It's, it's waiting. It, it, it uh-huh. creates a seed, and that seed brings fruit, and, uh, and then we're forced to have to deal with it. Now, kind of shifting forward a little bit, um, 
that that's something else that I, I'd like to quickly address is that, um, okay, so I did all these things, right? I know it's coming. What do I do? What do I do? Do I live in fear? <laughs> what do I do? There's a lot of stuff. Well, what, what you do is you take ownership and you're sorry for your sin. Okay. That's called repentance. Uh-huh. So it's a turning away. It's a godly sorrow that I did this, Lord. Would you please forgive me? Well, he's already paid the price for our forgiveness. So truly, we're just receiving through our sorrow what he's already appropriated. But he can't go against his word. So until we're sorry, until we say, you know, I've done this, please forgive me, um, I repent, uh, then, then we're appropriating the freedom that he's purchased. And not sorry because I got caught. Sorry, no. you know, because because I'm going to lose my job or sorry because you're getting ready to leave me. But I am genu- genuinely have, I have godly sorrow. I have yes, godly and sorrow. It, it involves emotion. Yes. You cannot, you cannot accomplish this freedom without feeling in your heart either what someone did to you and releasing it or something you've done and releasing and confessing it. It takes your heart being involved. And, you know, lots of people have been raised to not feel, not show emotion. Are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Um, And their feelings have been stuffed, and they don't even know how to get to that place of allowing the pain, the sorrow to flow. Wow. They're they're living with a, 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 a fortress around them. And they don't let anything touch their heart. And that is a really common thing that people have shut down their emotions. I I remember, uh, uh, you know, there was, I know for, oh my goodness, probably for at least 10 years around uh, in my life, I built these walls up to protect me. And so what I did was I made vows with myself that I will never let another person do me like how this person did or I'll never go through this and as long as I live I will never permit another individual to do you know x y and z and so I live this life with this big wall around me and I'll never forget I remember when the wall started falling and you it felt like something physically was falling on the inside of me and I'll never, wow. I, and, and what I did was I built a wall between me and my husband. Now, to look at us, you would say, wow, you know, your marriage is incredible. And it was good. He didn't know that I had a wall of protection. And the reason why I did it was because I felt like if I gave him all of me and he wounded me like I had been wounded previously before he was even on the scene, um, that I wouldn't be able to survive it. So yes. my wall was a wall of defense. And uh-huh. so I'll never forget when God began to pull that wall down. It just started. I'll never forget. We're like on this romantic, you know, date. And all of a sudden, while we were married, I want to say it was like on a Valentine's Day. Um, and uh, I remember the wall started falling and I started panicking. I started panicking. I was like, oh, my goodness, no, no, no. I remember my husband looking at me like, no, no, no. What's <laughs> We're like a great time. What's going on? What's going on? And I started crying, and I'm snotting and tearing on, and I'm going, 
I said, oh, my goodness, it's falling. I remember standing up, and I'm, like, trying to, you know, hold on to my chest. And my mom goes, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And he's looking like, oh, what happened, what happened? And, uh, and, and the wall was literally falling on the inside. And I remember pleading with him, saying, please don't hurt me. I'll never forget that. Just crying, oh. just so hard. Say, please don't hurt me. I don't have a defense against you. The wall has fallen. And uh, I know it's... Go ahead. Well, when we make vows, we just say, God, we don't need you. We'll take care of this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was a joke. And so, yeah, so repenting of the vow is necessary also so that we can make Jesus Lord of that protection. So that he can be the protector he wants to be. Well, that day, I didn't even get a chance to even ask him. He just came boldly into my house. (laughs) And, and, and knocked all of the walls down, and I had no choice but to just say, okay, right, I, I need for you, Lord, to, to keep me and protect me. And really was nervous because I, I knew I had no defense. I knew yeah. that, and I needed Joe to partner with God and, and do his best and for God to yeah. cover me, you know, with the blood of Jesus so that I would not have to. Um, walk in fear of what's going to happen because I really felt as if I was naked at that time. No defense, uh-huh. defenseless against whatever could possibly happen. Let's jump right in to unforgiveness. My goodness. Okay. Um, and we don't have long. Man, this is great. I have to have you back. If I invite you back, will you come back? I'll come back. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> so, and I promise I won't call you next week. We're <laughs> Um, uh, so unforgiveness, how big is that in most of our lives? Oh, it's huge. Um, we might want to deny that we're holding on to unforgiveness, but, um, it's sometimes pressed down so deep. We don't even really realize it's still there, Mm -hmm. but unforgiveness causes all kinds of consequences. One is that we won't. It'll break our relationship with God. It's very serious to God that we, because we've been forgiven so much, how can we turn and not forgive our brother who has some one thing against us? And it, the Bible talks about we'll be turned over to torment if we don't forgive from our hearts. That's in Matthew eighteen thirty-five. And so most Christians, they, they try to forgive. They say, I'm trying to forgive. I'm trying to forgive. Well, The way we accomplish forgiveness is really by the power of the Holy Spirit alone, crying out, helper, help me do what I don't want to do. And we lean on him to help us say the words and to to let go of the pain, the toxic uh, response in our heart. Um, And it's accomplishable, not on our own strength. So we can come up with all kinds of reasons why we don't forgive, but there is no reason or justification for unforgiveness. It is a command of God, and we must give. And so if if you don't feel like it or if it's so horrific and the person's not changing or not asking for forgiveness or they'll do it again, all those reasons still do not justify you locking yourself up by not forgiving. You put yourself in prison when you don't forgive. Oh, my goodness. I wish we had time to really go, you know, into this. But I'm just going to give you a couple of seconds, like literally like about maybe 10 seconds to just share 
whatever you feel right now that's on your heart because we have less than one minute. We probably have about 30 seconds. So say it quick. Give me about well, 10 of those. The good, the good news is God has a purpose for every one of his children, and he wants us to unblock the channel so that he can flow freely through us and that we can walk in the blessing and the prosperity and the health that he has for us. It, He's done it all. We just need to appropriate it. Hey, look, guys, I want to thank you for joining me today on the show. You've been listening to Refresh. My guest is Sherry Talbert. Her husband is Ron Talbert. Um, and so you guys uh, plug into the link of the show, uh, get the replays of it, get all the information from our ministry and from our show, and join us again on next week. That's it. You've been listening to Refresh.